Tuning in for the first time, this is the podcast that talks about essentially creativity, anything creative based, and we get into the underlying threads between all forms of creativity in all sectors, whether it be art, fashion, music, technology, biz development, etc. Um, it is officially a heat wave here in New York City. Uh, it was about I heard 100 yesterday, today, Monday, June 2nd. It is definitely feeling well in the 90s, and I'm definitely already sweating because when I record these things, I shut the windows down in my apartment and uh, turn off the fans and the AC and all that stuff. So it is a sauna. I feel like I'm in a sauna right now, but we are going to grind through it, and I'm going to be podcasting in this hot box that I'm sweating in. Anyway, I hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing pretty a-okay. It's officially the summer now, so I'm a a summer weather guy, so as much as I already started off this podcast bitching about the weather, overall I'm very happy that it is finally consistently warm. Um... When it comes to what I like to talk about on this show, on the technology side, kind of kind of a boring week. Past week, not a whole lot going on. It's kind of like World Cup aside, it's kind of like uh, how sports are these days. Uh, most of the teams that I've been rooting for in the World Cup are out. Uh, Japan lost today to Belgium. Terrible loss. Um, I like Brazil, though. I'm kind of rooting for Brazil. But I actually do like Belgium, too, and I like Uruguay. So we'll see what those teams do. But my World Cup bracket is totally busted. Uh, I thought it would be a little easier than doing an NCAA basketball bracket based on past World Cups, but not true. Not true. We got the March Madness Cinderella situation going on in the World Cup, so I lose again. Um... But otherwise, yeah, if you were to browse on TechCrunch right now, it is just slow, slow. Like, all right, I'm going to TechCrunch right now. See, you know it's a slow week in technology when you go to TechCrunch and the homepage, Hero Image. So the main story they're pushing is top three meal kit cook-off. Now, I get 4th of July is Wednesday and all. So it makes sense, you know, cook off, whatever. But out of all things happening in technology, you know, they're the authority of, I guess, tech-based journalism, in my opinion. There's some other good tech blogs out there as well. Like, uh, I like The Verge a lot. But, you know, TechCrunch is TechCrunch. And they're talking about meal kits. Like, it's a bit of a reach for them. But, you know, I'm kind of a hypocrite for saying that because this podcast kind of spans 
tech culture, art, fashion, all that shit too. It's just there's a thesis of like how creativity is the same thing in every sector, every every realm, um, and trying to dissect what that is exactly and where the patterns are. TechCrunch is just a tech blog. And, you know, there's startups or whatever. But even with meal kits, like, how much technology is there in a meal kit? I work in the e-commerce food business for a company that makes meal kits. And, you know, you have to put it on the website. um, And there's some inventory issues that your back end has to communicate for people to purchase it and get all the ingredients, at least in in my business. But, uh... Overall, I wouldn't really consider that that techy. Anyway, point is, slow tech week. Um, when it comes to the culture side of things, a little more is going on. Um, it's Paris Fashion Week for the, for men's. It was the men's Paris Fashion Week, I think, last week. Um, I'm not the biggest high fashion guy so i'm not gonna sit here and like pretend that i know the ins and outs of the fashion industry and like everything that went down at a men's fashion week last week um but i you know i I browse blogs that touch up on it a lot um hypebeast gq you know the big ones and I don't know. It seems kind of like those men's fashion weeks are becoming less and less and less highbrow by the day. Or I think a better way to put it is it's becoming less stuffy and traditional. Now highbrow is evolving into something else, which I think is really cool. Um, I've talked about it here before. But with the whole, you know, Virgil Abloh going to Louis Vuitton thing, and he had his first show, his kind of like big showcase for Louis Vuitton for the first time, that was actually pretty cool. I mean, I still don't get the high fashion show thing. Like, to me, when it comes to design, at least when it, graphic design, you're always taught, you know, form follows function, and... I guess fashion's a bit different, but they're still labeled as designers. And I always thought the difference between an artist and a designer is a designer designs for utility over form. And an artist does whatever the fuck they want. Um, And just with high fashion, there's really no utility to like almost any of it or very little of it. But that aside, I thought what Virgil Abloh did with his Louis V collection was pretty cool. He had some really nice... more practical pieces than other men's fashion shows even even when Kanye West years back did his big fashion show for the Yeezy brand I thought what Virgil Abloh did was a little more practical a little less weird he's he he balanced that kind of like abstract weirdness with practicality and utility um to a decent degree I thought he was a little conservative and I saw some of the uh criticism about what he did was like you know he wasn't risk-taking enough but like come on we're talking about shirts and pants here risk-taking like no one's gonna fucking wear that crazy shit anyway so I am on the conservative side when it comes to fashion and I guess the other big show that I saw based on how many blogs picked it up was the Dior show Kim Jones it's a pretty big deal in the men's fashion world, and uh, he did his 
debut. Yeah, Kim Jones, he's a male. Um, and he runs the male line at Dior. And he had his first show. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that I know enough to really critique it, but I actually liked what I saw. It seemed, from the little that I read, it seemed like the theme revolved around taking feminine couture practices or aesthetic and stripping it down and reinterpreting it for a male. Um, I, I thought it was really nice. It was like really classy looking stuff. And I saw an interview where, you know, Kim Jones has done collabs with big streetwear brands like Supreme that I did a whole episode about. And he's actually said he's tr- trying to get away from that because he, he felt that that was very easy to be appealing. And he's trying to do something a little more daring and based on what I saw a little like classier more jackets blazers things like that but it was a really I was very impressed with uh the Dior show when it comes to the fashion I thought like I would actually wear I don't dress up very much but if I did dress up all the time I would definitely wear some of that stuff um good stuff there I'm not going to talk too much more about Paris Fashion Week because as much as I like streetwear and I know my Balenciagas from my Off-Whites from my Supremes, and I like to clown them on Instagram all the time. I'm not going to pretend like I'm some high-fashion guru or anything, but that was a pretty big deal last week. Um, there seemed to be some cool parties, too. I was reading about that in GQ. So that's that. But the main thing I want to talk about this week is the big Drake album came out. Oh, my God. Scorpion. I don't know why it's called Scorpion still. I don't think I did any research on that, but I listened to it. I listened to both, you know, side A, side B. And I don't just, I'm going to give a quick review on it, but that's not really what I want to talk about this episode. I just want to use it as a launch pad to talk about specialism versus generalism, um, which I'll get into in a bit because I think it really ties into this whole idea of like, having a certain mindset or a certain roadmap that translates into whatever you want to do, whether it's music, whether it's fashion design, whether it's production, becoming a rapper, becoming a designer, becoming a software developer, becoming even a researcher. Um, the idea of being a specialist versus a generalist. And I think Drake is a quintessential example of a generalist and I'll explain why later but overall the album was I don't, I don't fucking know man it was okay it's it's like a six I don't get why art has produced these double albums constantly I don't know if it's just artistically they're confused on trimming the fat or if there's some monetary incentive for them to release a double album since you know how it's released on spotify and title and all these streaming platforms apple music is how you release records now or albums full albums it's all based on strategy for that not like cd sales like back in the day so maybe it has something to do with that maybe just releasing more songs helps with streaming somehow i guess yeah i guess more potential downloads i don't know but damn there's a lot of fat on this thing like he could have cut that record down to at least 14 tracks and it would have gone from a six to at least a seven 
maybe even an eight. I don't know. I'm not the biggest Drake fan overall in the world. I, I mean, I obviously recognize that he's a talented dude. But for me, like, whenever I listen to the Drake album, he's one of these dudes where his, to me, his best songs are always his singles. There's certain artists like that who just, like, they always have their singles as the best songs. Um, not so true with this one. Is I, If I'm Upset is an official single, then that's definitely not true with this album because I'm Upset is horrible. The video is kind of cool because of the Degrassi reunion or whatever, but, like, my take on that was why waste such a good video it was such a terrible song because it didn't even like the theme of the song and the theme of the video didn't even really seem to go together so i i did not understand that shit at all um i cannot hate on it. jay and silent bob are in the video so i cannot hate at all on that but the song is just fucking trash Sorry, I'm sorry. It is what it is. He also had that other song, uh, what was it like Ratchet Birthday, something or other? What is this? I'm on Spotify. I can't even find the songs because there's so many songs on this damn thing. Yeah, Ratchet Happy Birthday. That and I'm Upset are probably the two worst songs on this whole album. Um, but there are some other contenders, that's for sure. Mob Ties, pretty meh. Um, but I would say the highlights. So the DJ Premier track, Sandra's Rose, that's really good. The Jay-Z song's all right. Um, my issue with Drake is, like, he has this lazy kind of nursery rhyme cadence to certain songs. God's Plan and I'm Upset does that, where he's like... I fucking hate it. I like nursery rhyme rap sometimes, but it has to be authentic. Like, when it's him, because I know what Drake's like normally, when he does that shit, I'm like, what What are you trying to accomplish with this? It's just really hard to get into it. Because if you're going to do that kind of stuff, we're like, when that stuff works, it's because... The artist sounds like that's just authentically and inherently how they rap or rap sing or whatever you want to call it. Like, perfect example is Gucci Man. Like, I've always been a Gucci Man fan, and he he literally raps like it's like nursery rhymes. Like, I got like that's kind of his cadence for all of his songs, or a lot of them at least. And I like it because. Like, if I didn't know any better, that's just how I think he would talk straight up. Like, like if I went to his house, I would just expect him almost to just be like, My name is Gucci Man. Hello and welcome to my crib. I got 35 cars and 17 kits. You know, just like something like that is just how he would talk normally. Um, It's just like inherently who he is when he does that stuff. Whereas Drake, it's like he's faking it. It's like he's acting. It's like he's on Degrassi again. And that's why I don't like that stuff. And overall, that's my problem. With I mean, I, a lot of people were hating on the fact that the that he split the album up between like rap and R and B, and you know Drake got popular in the first place because he combined them so well. But I actually kind of liked it because there's so much filler on this album that it just made it easier for me to like sort through because it's categorized. So I can go through the rap, and I'll know it's 
either a good rap song or a filler rap song, and then I can go through the R&B side and be like, all right, this is filler R&B, this is good R&B. So it just gives me kind of this like sense of categorization right off the bat where I can explore each separately and extract the good stuff from the filler. Um, but I really like the... I think After Dark with Ty Dollar Sign. It was very R. Kelly. Like, they just went straight R. Kelly with the delivery on that one, but it was pretty good. And I don't know. Everyone talks about March 14th. I found that shit boring. And Pitchfork did a good review on the album. They were saying how he's like trying to play this line of like, I've embraced the good guy. And then be sentimental about his kid. But, like, the way he's sentimental about this kid sounds like an egomaniac that doesn't even understand his own words. Like, when he talks about something with his, like, tattoo and how he, like, re-gifts his tattoo. Like, how thoughtful of you. You're giving me a fucking tattoo you talked about in an older song or something. Um, Yeah, it's just kind of this guy that's, like, doesn't even know how to be sentimental but it wants to appear as this like good guy emotional sentimental guy i get what they're saying and i I think they're kind of spot on with that but my main issue with listening to drake is he doesn't really have anything for me he's not one of these super lyricist rappers so when he tries to be this like introspective rapper like a pusher t or something it falls flat a bit uh, like nonstop, like a nonstop, he tries to get all lyrical and try to be like this MC. And you know, there's very little chorus, very little singing, very little melody. It's just mostly rapping over like a Memphis trap beat. But his lyricism doesn't carry the track for me. And then I like some of his R&B stuff, but you can tell, or maybe it's just how he is now, um, and how you know we like Noah and everything. That's just how they are. They always sound like they're gunning for a pop hit with the R&B stuff a little bit. So with the kind of atmospheric, electronic, hip-hop, R&B stuff, there's a lot of other groups that do that really well in a more authentic way where you can tell there's not a ton of A&Rs and labels behind it, listening to it, kind of figuring out whether it's marketable enough. I just feel like he's too ingrained within the industry at this point where... When he makes those kinds of records, they're just, to me, they're very catchy. Um, That's why they're hits. And if that's the formula, man, it works. You know, I'm not hating. There's a lot of, a lot of my favorite songs on this album were were on the R&B side of the album, not the, not the rap side, even though I like the the premiere, the DJ premiere song a lot. And the one with the Emotionless with the Mariah Carey sample. That was, that was one of the other highlights. But most of the other stuff on this album that I liked was the R&B. But I just wish he got a little even more atmospheric with it. Um, I wish, I mean, maybe just because I'm, I like to produce beats myself. I just wish sometimes they went a little less minimalistic with the production. There are certain songs where they didn't do that in here, but I wish overall with Drake, his entire career on the R&B side of things, the production's sometimes a little too minimal for me, and I kind of wish he would dial it back a little bit with like the ad libs and the humming and the melodies and the production would ramp up and kind of dominate the track more. That's my only criticism, but that's a minor thing. Um, it's not really that major overall. Again, I said the album's probably a six. Most double albums suck. The last really good double album that I listened to 
all the way through and loved and adored was probably like Stadium Arcadium by the Red Hot Chili Peppers 12 years ago. I just, I don't understand the mentality of releasing a double album. I feel like it's a lot of times like label politics and things like that. But this album kind of brings me to my main point, which is the idea of like a generalist versus a specialist. Um, I hear software developers talk about this and argue about this all the time. If you go to Quora, if you go to like Medium, there's tons of articles and responses about this. And to me, like Drake is the ultimate, ultimate generalist when it comes to hip hop and R&B because he can do everything. He can do literally everything. And to me, that's what makes him such a special artist he can rap like on a mixtape he can do a commercial rap single he can do a straight up r&b song i mean his staple is kind of a rap r&b hybrid that's poppy he can do a straight up r&b pop song he kind of covers the full spectrum and then the fact that most of his fan base is female and female fans tend to be more loyal from a buying perspective than male fans you know it made his niche super lucrative um and what i always thought of as drake is is kind of like the evolution of l cool j l cool j was the first rapper that i noticed at least who could do like a very you know sentimental kind of like poppy song he's not singing like how drake sings on his tracks but you know he can do a song just like strictly for the ladies and then get on some hard ass like Mama Said Knock You Out or Flavor in Your Remix or something like that. And I don't think there was a rapper before him that can be that flexible and, you know, literally jump on any kind of track. And Drake can do that. But Drake kind of took that style, evolved it, kind of combined both sectors together, and then also had a producer that was kind of his go-to producer that helped him create kind of this organic sound, or you can even say mostly created this organic sound that was his so he has his own sound on the production side plus he's able to marriage the rap stuff with the r&b stuff together but the problem is none of that is as good as the greats who do that one thing like to me from an r&b standpoint you know there's no contest to me between drake and like frank ocean you know frank ocean's a specialist he has a sound he evolves his sound, but it's in his own lane. He's not constantly switching lanes. Like, Drake is a the dude on the freeway cutting double lanes and, like, cutting people off and then exiting really quickly and then jumping back on the highway, whereas Frank Ocean kind of just stays in his lane. And also because while very popular, he's not the same commercial commodity or entity that Drake is. He's not the same level of brand that Drake is. He uh, he takes more risks on his albums. He does a lot of weird, trippy, out there shit that creates, you know, artistically creates gold. And Drake seems to he experiments, but he experiments on a mainstream level. It's like mainstream experimental. It's not like experimental, experimental. It's not you know he's not like the high fashion label that creates some crazy ass outfit on the runway he's like the streetwear brand that sold in every mall in america switching their style up for the season trying something new 
So when you go to PacSun and you see some shirt, you're like, huh, this brand usually doesn't make shirts like this. You know, that's what Drake is when he gets experimental. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not shitting on that at all. It's, it's worked out for him. You know, he's probably one of the richest stars in music these days. He makes good songs. I feel like everything I've said so far has been fairly, like, overall cynical towards Drake. But the dude's talented. He makes good songs. I still think Best I Ever Had is his best song. Um, but maybe it's because I'm old. And I remember when he first came out. Like, I think he's, like two years older than me or something but i remember when best ever i remember seeing drake on myspace before he was famous and he had that mixtape where it's him in a black pea coat in like the fall with all the foliage in the background i think it was like his second mixtape ever and i was like holy shit that's the dude from degrassi i remember that still on myspace music i was just i think there was an ad and i and i saw him in the ad i'm like is that the dude from degrassi what the fuck and then I went to his page, played some of his stuff, and I was like, this is pretty good. And then I and then I looked him up on YouTube, and there was like a making of the mixtape or some shit. Anyway, point being is I've been following him since the very beginning of his career. And he's always kind of been in the same lane where he's, he, you know, at from the very onset he was shooting for that like commercial superstar status. Not so much the indie artist that's trying all kinds of weird shit and... And it is what it is. But point being is that there's no wrong answer in life whether you want to be a specialist or generalist. And I don't like saying in life because it sounds like me trying to be a fucking life coach. And every time I get in one of these spiels, I always say, do not look at this as advice. Just look at it as an idea, maybe, um, to put in your head. Because I've seen this pattern over and over again. People talking about, like, should I specialize in one thing or should I be a general practitioner? I even think with, like, doctors you can have the same debate. Um, and there's no really wrong answer. Uh, being a generalist worked out for Drake, but there's a lot of other people that tried to do the same thing Drake did and failed miserably. Um, there's a lot of people who also try to have their one signature sound, like a Frank Ocean or like a Chance the Rapper, or, although he's kind of a hybrid too, so I don't know if he's the best example, but like, you know, a Nirvana even back in the day. And no one ever hears of them because they're too avant-garde. They're too in their own lane. They don't special like they don't evolve their art. Like if you're gonna be a specialist, you gotta like really specialize, and that's like ten years of doing one thing. Like uh, you know, you can be a graphic designer, or you can specialize in Japanese pop art. But if you're gonna specialize in Japanese pop art, you better be an amazing Japanese pop artist. You know what I mean? That doesn't only have the technical ability to do any kind of Japanese pop art, but also creates their own style of Japanese pop art. And have people look at you as an influencer in the Japanese pop art space. Um, I think part of becoming either a specialist or a generalist is really like being self-aware of yourself, like I don't think Drake can be a specialist, even if he wanted to be. And I think he's self-aware. He's like, I can do the singing thing, I can do this rapping thing. I have, you know, this ear for melodies, but I also have lyricism, at least enough to be a pretty good rapper. So, I think him doing his singing, kind of sing rap thing, you know, that was all a conscious decision. I don't, I don't think it's as organic as 
some people might predict because it sounds very romantic for that to be an organic thing but I think he was conscious about he's like this is my niche I can do both let's try doing both and they went off from there but uh I think it really comes to self-awareness like I'm self-aware enough to know that I'm definitely a generalist in a lot of different things like when it comes to this podcast I do I'm a pretty shitty graphic designer but I can do it um, because what I do day to day is sort of like graphic design. I do, if this is your first time listening, I'm, I do user experience design. So I design apps, websites, things like that. But it's a little different. I'm not doing as detailed graphic work. I'm not doing, you know, a lot of like filtering of photography and cropping and all that stuff. I'm not doing that. Um, or I'm not doing it often. I do a lot more boring stuff like writing technical specifications for functionality, uh, meaning how something works on a website or an app. But with me, I'm totally a generalist. So on top of doing the graphics, I'm doing the content strategy, if you want to call it that, or just the content for Instagram, uh, the designs for the podcast, artwork. I'm doing the podcast. I'm setting up the podcast. Uh, Audio-wise, I'm editing the podcast. I'm making the music and the intro effects for the podcast. I'm mass producing it. I'm tracking the analytics. You know, I'm like doing everything because I can do literally all of those things, but I'm not a specialist in market analytics. Um, I'm not even a a specialist in music production, even though I've been doing it for 10 years. I'm okay at all these things because what I always look at personally is the macro level of anything. I don't really excel or thrive in the detail so much because I always just get cynical and be like why does this matter and sometimes it really does matter and that's why I didn't get into web development I'm definitely not details oriented enough Um, I like to think about the big picture and how all the moving parts affect each other and that's kind of what I personally realized I'm good at Um, but it took a while to realize that so if there ever is this argument about like being a specialist versus a generalist and if you look on Quora you'll see like should I be is it better to be a specialist or a generalist when it comes to user experience design you hear that constantly should I specialize in this one thing or should I be a general practitioner um it doesn't fucking matter it's more importantly you should just look at yourself and do a self-audit about like well what are my strengths versus my weaknesses and if you're someone that's really good with the details if you're really detail oriented it might be better to be a specialist if you're not detail oriented but kind of like big picture thinking naturally it might be better to be a generalist um there's certain things that come up that you probably should adapt to like for example in what i do which is user experience design learning about alexa voice skills and things like that would be very uh good thing to kind of wrap your head around and get some knowledge and if that turns out to maybe being something you like more than doing user interface design then you can specialize in that probably but that's something that's gonna be an industry for you know ever going forward in some way shape or form um so that's more of like a career move but even within the world of like Alexa skills you can be a generalist or be more on the research side the testing side the prototyping side you know writing the scripts etc there's you know it's like Russian dolls you can just keep getting more and more granular the deeper you go into a particular field but that's how I feel about it I mean I know it's kind of 
boring, maybe, compared to uh, reviewing Drake albums and talking about fashionistas. But it's something that I just keep seeing over and over and over again in different fields. I see it in medium. I see it in, you know, everywhere. And uh, to me, it's just like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It's about just knowing yourself um, and just being brutally honest with yourself. Because I feel like a lot of people just aren't brutally honest with themselves enough because they want to pretend things are okay when they're not or they want to pretend they don't have this flaw that they have. You know, I'm flawed as fuck. I'm not disciplined enough. I'm not detail-oriented enough. But, you know, I want to work on that stuff and then I'm professionally work on what my strengths are. Sorry, somebody's like blowing leaves or some shit outside. I don't know what's going on. It's like a massive garbage truck doing a pickup or something but it's Brooklyn you know can't avoid that I've given up on trying every episode I feel like there's like an ambulance a car a cop car and a fire truck going by at least once so it is what it is but anyway pivoting all this back to Drake I see him as the ultimate generalist within the hip-hop space and then Scorpion in a nutshell is like a very organized showcase of how much of a generalist he is. But the problem is, I feel like he, the album stretches himself then a little because it's 25 tracks long. But uh, there are some gems. So just to recap real quick, I'd say the tracks I really like are Sandra's Rose because the production's awesome. DJ Premier kills it. And Drake does a good job riding with that beat the right way. You know, he gets a little melodic, but he's mostly rappy. But when he gets melodic, it fits the beats really well. Talk Up with Jay-Z, pretty good. Kind of similar in that vein. Um, I sort of like God's Plan, even though I think it's sloppy as fuck. I think, you know, he sounds like he's just, like, high and, like, doing a demo over a really good beat. I like the beat a lot in God's Plan, though. It's mostly the beat. Emotionless with Mariah Carey, really good. Kind of sounds like an early Kanye West soul sampling song he samples a Mar- uh, Mariah Carey on that one and he does a good job with it and then I don't like non-stop a lot of people like non-stop and elevate I don't really like either of those they're kind of just you got to really have a high level of lyricism to carry that stuff and I just lyricism for me isn't there I mean you got to be like a Pusha T or you got to be like a, a prime Jay-Z prime Eminem someone like that to really knock those types of beats out of the park, in my opinion, particularly Elevate. Um, and then on the R&B side, the Michael Jackson song was pretty good. It reminds me of, like, We're Going Home or something, uh, Don't Matter to Me, the Michael Jackson track, but it's really just a good beat and a good Michael Jackson sample. Um, kind of carried that more than Drake himself. After Dark was a really good track with... Uh, Ty Dollar Sign, Static Major. Very R. Kelly, though. It felt like a should have been like an R. Kelly song. And I'm a sucker for Nola Bounce, so I think it's nice for what? Um, song where he does kind of like an R&B Nola Bounce thing was another highlight for me. Uh, but yeah, overall, could have been a pretty good album. Oh, it, I consider it an okay album just because there's a lot of filler but uh i guess there's some sort of sales strategy behind it 
Anyway, that's all I got this week. Thanks for checking out the show, and uh, I will have another one for you next Monday. So I hope you guys have a great week, and if you're in New York, you know, survive through this heat wave. I'm sweating right now like Patrick Ewing in the fourth quarter. That's a dated reference. Let's just say LeBron in the fourth quarter. Um, I got to end this thing and take a shower ASAP. So I'm going to do that. Um, and also, if you're not following me on Instagram, uh, I try to do a good job with the content there and makes a bunch of silly shit. You would never think the podcast would be like this just on Instagram. Um, I'll make this podcast a little funnier one day, I think. I got to I think I gotta, I gotta just have guests on here and riff off them. But, uh, yeah, it's NRS underscore show. That is just NRS underscore show, all lowercase. That's all I got, guys. Hope you have a great week. Take it easy, and I'll see you next Monday. Peace.